Hello, and welcome to Ethical Seduction, your sex and relationship podcast. We explore topics and skills designed to help you get what you want, both in and out of the bedroom. I originally wanted to title today's show, How to Win Friends and Influence Their Pants Off, because influence is definitely a part of being seductive, but I also feel that the topic of influence and persuasion has a general bad rap to it. Teachers use influence techniques to help educate students. Doctors work to influence patients so they can live healthier lifestyles. Parents help guide and influence their kids for growing up. And I've heard that some podcast hosts try to hook listeners right at the beginning of the show to help influence them to where they just want to stay and like listen to the entire episode because they really think they're going to find something cool that they're going to learn and be able to use in real life. So stick around because we're going to cover a lot of techniques that you can use. So without further ado, let me introduce myself. I'm Steven, and this is the Ethical Seduction Podcast, and we have Kimberly. Hey. And Ava. Sup, nerds. And Brandy. Hello. Does anybody have, like before we get into like really talking about the influence and persuasion topics, anything cool? I think this is like something I want to just start asking people more at the beginning of the podcast. Like, is anything new or cool going on? If you pick want. me, pick me, pick me. Okay, Ava. <laughs> I um I had been talking to somebody for a while the last couple of months and earlier this week we got together for the first time and we had really amazing mind-blowing sex it was great <laughs> yeah yeah <woo-hoo. laughs> highlight of my week I, ha- I had to tell somebody so now the world knows no that's good that's, that's, yeah, I don't know what else to say about that one except congratulations no that's good yeah um Anybody else? I mean, I can't really follow that well, but I'm trying to learn to cook and I made a pork chop for the very first time and I did it successfully. So like I cut into it and it wasn't raw. It was fully cooked, took it off the the stove. And I was very proud of that. I wish I was, I was having mind blowing sex, but like I'll take pork chop. <laughs> you do a lot. You do a lot of baking and cake making and stuff like that. But are, do you not cook a lot? Yeah, I know. So, like years ago, one of my New Year's resolutions was to learn to bake, and I did that. And now I'm like, okay, let's try to get away from the sweet sum and learn to actually cook. And so, a partner of mine got me a book several months ago, I believe for my birthday. And it was about just like the basic cooking stuff. And this was something I'd wanted. It wasn't like, he's like, you need to learn to cook. Um, and so I've been reading that book and learning about meats and how to cook them and such. And so I tried a pork chop and it was really successful and yummy. Okay, good. Very, That's very hard part. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, um, let's talk about influence and persuasion and manipulation. Um, I love this topic, you know, because I do think like it does kind of often like sort of get a bad rap. I think it's stuff that we use in like our everyday, I don't know, interactions with people. And half the time, we're probably not really aware that we're like doing influence or that somebody else is kind of doing it with us. Um, So I guess I'm going to start off by asking you all, like, what do you all think about that word influence? Does it feel good, bad? Like what kind of comes to your mind? When, when I say that, like influence and persuasion, what do, what do you all tend to think of? I feel pretty neutral about the word influence because like you've heard people say like, oh, you're going to be a bad influence, I can tell. Or like, oh yeah, that person, they're a good influence on you. Like it can be taken either way. So I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a good word or a bad word. It, it's kind of like, what kind of influence is it? 
I tend to have a more negative response to the word influence. I have no background or basis for that. It's just my initial gut feeling. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Kimberly? Um, I think I agree with Brandy. Yeah. Okay. So I think, you know, what you all are, Brandy, you as an example, just saying like, yeah, like you're, you don't know why, but you have a general feeling like it's not maybe a good thing. Mm -hmm. I, I tend to think most people would be like, oh yeah, it's like used car salesman type thing. You know, like, like you're going to be, somebody's going to do something to you. You can't totally trust somebody that that's how I think most people tend to think about it. Okay. Right. Um, so let's talk about manipulation. So I now would say the car salesman type thing is often like what we think of as more manipulation. I think that's why it doesn't feel good. So, so what is, what is manipulation to you all? Does it work? But the other part of that, I kind of want to hear from you is like, does it work? Does it not work? And why? For manipulation specifically? Yeah. Like when you think of what do you not like Brandy doesn't like the car salesman. Why? Uh, Cause they're pushy and you know, automatically like they are trying to get a sale. Um, and so it makes you question perhaps the way they're answering your questions that they're They're authentic and true. Yeah. Like they're going to trick you. So like it's non-consensual and you're not going to benefit from what they're doing basically. And they have a little bit more authority than me. They have a car. I need a car or want a car. So there's already a little bit of authority inequality there. Um, yeah, that's, that's a really good one. And, and I, I'll tell you, I'll share something that I heard about that. Okay. Which they said like in the past, and I'm going to say the past might be like 1950s. Okay. That, yeah, you'd go to buy the car, right? Well, the used car salesman knows everything about this car and you do not. So there is an inequity there. Okay. You cannot know the amount of stuff that that person does. What I heard is like, because of our modern day society, that's not as true. Okay. So the techniques that might've worked for a salesperson in the 1950s, which could be include tricking you nowadays it doesn't work as well, right? Because you've already done your research. You've gotten online, you've, you've figured out all the stuff about this car. You've compared things, you've read all the different, you know, not consumer reports, but just different reviews on it. So when you're, so as a consumer, you're coming in and it's a lot more equal. And, uh, I think because of that, I don't think salespeople are taught to like go out there and trick this person. I, I believe that it is more of like, you're going to get caught and you're, people are going to get pissed off if you do that. Right. Because it is like, Kimberly, you use a great word and like non-consensual, you know, like when you're being tricked, that's not cool. You know, that's non, that's really is kind of non-consensual. So I think most salespeople are taught to like come in and figure out what the problem is and how can you help this person really so that you can build a relationship and trust and sell them a product that is awesome and that works that they're really happy about because then they're going to come back and they're going to want more. So I think that is the more modern day sales with Brandy. I didn't expect you to say that, but that is what I've heard is you're right that in the past things were not equal. Mm -hmm. Well, and I recently bought the car I have now a little over a year ago. And um, I kind of was still in that mindset of you're just going to tell me the good things about the car. So the, the salesperson was great. And I knew going in that it was a car I wanted, but he kept saying all the positives. And I literally told him, I said, I'm going to need you to tell me three negatives about this car for me to believe what you're saying. Like, cause I know there's negatives. I want to hear them. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, Oh, um, um, and then he gave me the answers and they were great, but it was like, I just needed to hear some of the negatives or I couldn't fully believe yeah. what he was saying, you know, telling me. Yeah. And that worked well. Yeah. 
yeah. for me anyway. Okay, so what about um, so that sort of manipulation? I think actually we touched on some really good mm -hmm. points. You know, being consensual and um, yeah, unequal. You know, at least in the past. Okay, so what about influence? Like, how does that that word? And if somebody's going to influence you, does that feel different? No, not to me. <laughs> not really. I feel like when it comes to manipulation, that's that's a, a good example, like with, with the car salesman approach of like, I'm just going to tell you the good things, not the bad things, because I want to manipulate you to make a certain decision. Right. Whereas with influence, it's like, let, let me let me tell you the things. And, and this is why, you know, I favor these particular good details about the car for that for the example that we used. Right. Influence is, I think, more transparent and it kind of leaves more up to the the person being influenced to make their own decision, just having like yeah. a fuller picture and understanding of the situation, right? Whereas manipulation, yeah. like there's, I know we, we mentioned this word already, like non-consent, like manipulation is I'm going to, I'm going to leave out important details in the hopes that you make the decision I want you to make. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I agree with that totally that, that I feel like when you're using influence, you're letting the other part. So you might be offering a suggestion but it literally is just a suggestion, right? The other person has total free will. They can take that suggestion or they cannot. Um, and, and so you're kind of giving them power. And, and that to me is one of the interesting things is like, you're not cramming the power down and making somebody do something. Okay. I feel like there's more power when you're giving them the freedom to walk away, do whatever they want, make their own decisions. You know, that that is really kind of more powerful. So you're offering suggestions, you're offering guidance, widening options, things like that, but you're not, you know, forcing anybody to do anything. Yeah. Um, one, so that's great. So I feel like that's manipulation and influence. You sort of covered that. One other thing I want to just mention is there was a podcast I listened to years ago and there was a guy who was going to teach a class on critical thinking. And he went to, I don't know who that is, like at the university or whatever. And he's like, you know, I want to do this class on critical thinking. I'm not sure what to call it or, you know, and, and how to kind of go about teaching it. And in the end, they decided the best way to do it is to do a class teaching people how to do scams. Okay. Because I teach it. They're like, and, and I think the guy said like on the day one, he's like, I'm going to teach you all how to do scams. You know, like that's what we're going to study in here. But by doing the scams and studying the scams, you're going to learn sort of how they work. And you, one, you'll be able to protect yourself. And two, you probably are going to decide not to go out there and do the scam. Now, somebody might decide to, okay? But for the most part, most people are not, but you are really learning about the critical thinking. So if you study scams, you also then learn how to identify them, you know? And that was the whole critical thinking process that they were really trying to teach, you know? So I thought that was really kind of interesting. And I feel like we're going to do some of that tonight. You know, as we talk about different techniques, the techniques are not really good or bad. They literally are techniques. They're literally are about like how humans tend to think and things that we value, you know, and, and those kind of things. And so they could be used for good or for bad. Um, but also just keep, so I'm, I'm going to trust that people are going to use them for good, you know, for good purposes. Um, and then just know though, that by being aware of these things, you're also then able to like protect yourself. If somebody does something, you know, that I list, you'll be like, oh, I know this one, which is automatically going to make them seem a little bit manipulative, like they're trying to trick you, you know, but, but you also might know, like, no, this is not a trick. Like, this is the person just helping me walk through the decision-making process. Um, and then there's a guy who I had not heard of until like the last year. Um, his name is Daniel Pink. 
and he's a sales and persuasion educator. He had two rules that I'm going to say are really great for like summing up the ethics. So like before you go out there and try to influence somebody, he was like, you know, ask yourself these two questions. So if the other person does what I ask them to do, will they be better off? If the other person does what I ask them to do, will the world be better off? So I feel like I hadn't heard that put that way before, but in my mind, like that's how I've always kind of treated things. Like I'm going to feel like an ass if I walk around and do something detrimental to somebody, right? If I do that, then I have to think of myself as a bad person and I don't like doing it. It doesn't feel good. I don't want to do that. So just internally, I'm like, I'm not doing it that way. But when, if I do try to influence somebody like my kids or you know, can anybody, you know, you all too, like if we're trying to like talk about what's the best way to kind of go through and do these podcasts or whatever, you know, we're talking and influencing each other that way. It, it's always like, I'm trying, we're trying to make things better, you know, not, it could be a win-win situation, but it's usually like, I'm trying to help Ava with something, or I'm trying to help the world. Like if we do this, the world will be better off. And, and so I thought those were a really good, you know, two little things to sort of ask yourself before you make that decision about, should I do this or not? What do you all think? I have I have thoughts. I have challenging thoughts actually about those two rules. Um, if the other person does what I ask them to do, will they be better off, or will the world be better off? It, my my first reaction to that is it's it's not it, it's not my decision to determine if they would be better off if they do this thing, right? Like it's not really mine to decide. I might have an opinion about it, but if somebody, so I guess for example, like if somebody said to me. Like Ava, you would be more successful in the workplace if you dressed up more often. That's because they believe that that would make people see me in a better light. So I would be more successful. If I don't believe sure. that, then like that might have the opposite effect, right? Like nobody else gets to make that decision except for, you know, the person that, you know, we are intending to influence. So let me ask you. Okay. So they're trying to influence you and they're saying like, hey, this would benefit you if you dressed up you would have a more successful career. Are you thinking they're still loving you decide, right? Or no? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Like, but is it like, does that still feel ethical just because like, I think that, that this would be beneficial for them because this is in line with my beliefs, but maybe not with that person's beliefs. It's not, I feel like it's just not our place to decide that. Am I just a huge bummer right now? No, no, no. I'm glad you're asking. Maybe it goes back a little bit to intent. Like, granted, I don't think it's appropriate for a coworker to do that. Maybe if they would have included, hey, I have seen how hard you work. I see how great you are at your job. And I've noticed that you continue to maybe not be promoted. Um, what I did or what I felt helped me was when I just kind of elevated my my outward physical appearance a little bit. So like their intent is there, but they like left out all that important information for why they told you that, whether you deem it appropriate or not, it still kind of shows that they are genuine uh, with their information. Sure. Sure. And I feel like, like saying anything at all could come from, from a place of, of goodwill and positivity, right? Like whatever, whatever the message is that's being communicated or, or you're trying to influence, right? Um, I think my, my, like my pushback is like, it's interesting that this Daniel Pink person that you, that you referenced, Stephen, has these two particular rules as, you know, this is how you know if you're being ethical when you're wanting to influence someone 
just because those those rules seem very very much in like a gray area and a gray world because who's who decides if they're better off or if the world is better off right like that definition is in such a gray area i i think what he's saying is you decide if you want to say something or not so so if you can't answer like oh this is this yes i'm trying to do this person a favor by saying this then i think he's saying maybe you should keep it to yourself Mm-hmm. That that's how I, that's how I interpreted it. Okay, so it's it's you know as a guide for you as you're about to go influence somebody. Should you do this or should you not? Does that match with what you're thinking, or am I missing something? I feel like that more or less does. I mean, it's it's putting it on the person that's deciding whether or not to say anything. Like, do I feel like this could be beneficial? Yeah, yeah. I could say something, and you could totally be like. Oh, Steve, you're an ass. How dare you say I should dress up more? Like, what is your problem? Like, that could totally happen. You know, I might come there with like good intents, you know, and then not realize like that I've put my foot in my mouth or that I've implied that you do not dress well. You know, that's the other part is that they could be, you know, accidentally implying something negative, you know, which I'm going to say that I think that's a separate topic. Yeah, don't imply things that are negative. Yeah. But, but, okay. Anybody else want to add anything? I wanted to kind of put those out there as like just general guides, you know, like, should you do this or should you not ask yourself those two, two questions, you know, is it good for the other person or, or for the world? Okay. Um, so then let me give some examples. Okay. So again, these are just sort of just techniques that different people use. The first one, um, is something I always think of like the teachers try to really work on or focus on. Uh, and it's not just teachers, but it's like when you're, when you, Give an idea. Okay, so as an educator, you know, you put an idea out there. You want it to stick in the person's head so they can use it. Um, you know, down down the road, they can remember it at the right times and things. So it's like some ideas are I'm going to say stickier than others because I've had you know the first time I ever did the ethical seduction class was like too much information, too fast, and at the end of the class I was kind of disappointed because I thought like everybody was like oh that was great, but I'm like it's it it wasn't as usable. Like I realized like the way I presented it was not as good as it could have been to, to be really usable by people. Okay. So, so these are some, some ideas to kind of keep things to where they, um, stick in people's heads. So one was to be simple, you know, not, not complicated. A second thing would be to be unexpected because our brains tend to like, if we do the expected thing, we can just easily like zone out, not pay any attention when there's that unexpected thing. It's got the, you know, the movie's got the twist at the ending or whatever. That's the part that tends to grab our attention that we tend to really like. Um, repeating things a lot tends to anchor it in our brains, appealing to people's emotions. So, which I love emotions are one of those key things, right? Because like, um, I'm thinking of myself here. Like, it's so easy to like, let's talk logic and what makes sense. And so many times that is not like why we do things. You know, that's not why we buy the car. We buy the car, I think most of the time because of the emotional way, like how does that car make me feel? That kind of stuff. So appealing to somebody's emotions, just knowing that aspect versus the total logic side, uh, that can be really important. You know, and that's something that we'll tend to like maybe anchor on and, and be more memorable too. And then stories. Stories are one of those things where, from my knowledge, the reason we do it so often is sort of as like a teaching thing, like, let me tell you my example, blah, 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 blah. But because it's in a story form, 
you, you remember the, you remember it. You might not remember every single detail, but you tend to remember the gist and the point. So those five things being simple, unexpected, repeating, appealing to people's emotions, using stories. I just want, really wanted to mention them because they're kind of good tactics, uh, things to keep in mind that teachers do other people too, you know, where you're trying to have something to be memorable and, and stick in people's heads. Um, the next one I wanted to talk about, I tend to think of as like a political type thing. Like when I was reading through this and whatever, I'm like, this is like a politician type thing. But I don't necessarily think of it as a bad politician thing. I think of it as like a tactful thing. So uh, it's called a yes ladder. And I probably came across this, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, maybe. The, the basic concept is like once person says yes to something and then they say yes again you tend to get in that mode of like like okay i can just keep saying yes i can just keep agreeing with this okay so the way it was presented the politician thing is like it's not necessarily good to just go in and like say if you're working with somebody else right and you're coming from different angles to go in there and just start an argument is not going to be very productive so this was like figure out like what can you guys agree on and start at that basic level. So as you approach the person, you're trying to find that common ground. Like what do we share? Because you're literally, you're not trying to trick the person. You're trying to literally get them to work with you. You know, that's the whole, the whole point. So you're trying to come in and you try to figure out what is something that I can like ask this person about and get them to sort of say yes on where we agree to basically to demonstrate that we do agree on some things. And then you go the next step up, you know, and, and, you know, ask a little bit more, but again, where the person can be like, yes, yes, we agree. And that sort of sets this good foundation then that you've got this kind of place to kind of work from. And so that that yes ladder then is you can just gradually kind of build and, and kind of work from things from there. So how, what do you all think about that? Ava, does that feel... I don't know what the right word is icky to you. <laughs> I use the word icky a lot. Um, that doesn't make me feel icky, actually. I feel like this is this tactic is part of the building rapport process that makes having an ongoing yeah. relationship with someone so much easier. And I'm thinking of like the example in my head is strictly from like a workplace environment, but I'm sure mm -hmm. that apply in other areas as well. Um, but just like find the common ground, find the the, the common interest, right? Find the connection. And once you've connected with this person, I think you're you're more willing to trust them because they're mm -hmm. relatable. And the, I think the common ground thing is just really crucial to connect with someone that you're going to be working with in, in any kind of serious way. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I tend to think of it as like bridge building. So the two of you, you know, you and the other person can work on something. Together. And I definitely think relationships, man, we do that all the time. You know, I need something, my partner isn't into this or doesn't want to do this thing or whatever. And so it's like, how are we going to talk about, I don't know, it could be anything like Kimberly and I recently have just been talking about time because I've been busy, you know, and I was telling her today, I was like, I am so thankful. Like you were really nice to me. You gave me all this time today and I, you know, really appreciative of it, you know, but that sort of negotiation of like the time, if, if she didn't, then I would, uh, not be in the best of moods. I feel pressure and stuff like that, you know? So I think not that we didn't, we didn't use this technique, but it's like, you can come in and be like, well, I have to talk to my partner about like why I need to do this for myself, you know? And so this is a good way to kind of come in like, Hey, I know you wanted me to go shopping with you today for paint colors, but you know what, you know, and, and you find that common ground of why it's, you know, why it benefits you. Kimberly, you have any thoughts? Oh, I'm just wondering what this has to do with dating and relationships. 
like romantic relationship? Okay, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm glad. You, I, I know you're like I don't see it because I think you come in. It's you gets into like negotiation, right? So as you're meeting somebody new and you're getting to know them, there's going to be times where they're going to be like, well, you know, it could be like, what are you doing this weekend, or why can't you come meet me for this, you know? And so you it's a technique of like, well, let me tell you why I can't come meet you for that. But instead of having like the argument part, it can be like, well, you know, I like you a lot. Yes. You know, and you know, like I'm looking forward to seeing you next weekend. Yes. And so like those things are true, you know? And so like, like I'm going to be busy tomorrow. I'm not able to do that, but I really am looking forward to next weekend and you can kind of work it in that way. So I would say it's more for when you're having a difficult conversation, this is a good technique to kind of get it off on the right foot. That actually, Stephen, that reminds me of um, some techniques that I've learned in the past when when I've been in couple therapy before. Um, I've had a couple of, I guess, tools added to my toolkit when I was in therapy in the past about, you know, when you're in the middle of a conflict with someone or you have like an escalated conversation, it's really, really important not just to address like the problem itself, but to address it from a place of emotional connection with the other person. Um, and so to maybe start out those conversations with acknowledging the place that they are coming from, uh, it sounds like this is really hard for you. That sounds like a really difficult position to be in. I can mm, see that yeah. it's painful for you. I can see that you feel this way. And their response is kind of like acknowledging that or clarifying or reiterating, right? Like, actually, I feel this way, like whatever it is, but like acknowledge what they're going through, whatever whatever challenge that may be before kind of pushing forward into like solution mode, which I have a tendency to always jump into solution phase, right? But just stopping to kind of acknowledge like, this is hard, this is a challenge, like whatever whatever the icky thing is that's going on here, like let's stop and acknowledge that for a second and, and talk about that and make sure we're on the same page before, before launching forward, because then we're coming at it from a place of connection rather than maybe like butting heads against each other. And then you can also come at it from a place of kind of elaborating on that if, you might be going through something that's difficult for you. And while I might not personally identify with it, I can at least say, I hate, like I can identify with maybe something I've went through that's been hard and kind of tap into that and then correlate that to yours. And even if I don't agree that maybe the situation that you're going through might um, be as emotional or as difficult to me as it is for you, I can still acknowledge that it is. Um, and kind of respect that, even if I don't agree. So it's not about agreeing or disagreeing with what you're going through necessarily as much as just allowing a space for it. Yeah. And acknowledging it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is a great point. I'm going to jump ahead in my notes because one of the other ones I had that I want to talk about was mirroring and labeling, which we actually did touch on, I think last, last week when, when we talked. Okay. But, uh, mirroring and labeling is like what you're talking about, Ava. And it's for all the right reasons that you're talking about, you know, you're kind of acknowledging what the other person's doing. Um, I didn't mean to jump ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's I mean, it's perfect. That's what we do. Um, so what you're trying to, in some respects, mirroring and labeling, what you're trying to do is kind of figure out, let me determine what the other person's desires are, their motivations, those kind of things. Cause if you know that kind of stuff that can really help with, anything, negotiation, uh, figuring out what the next date is going to be, you know, whatever. So knowing, you know, that's part of getting to know the person is like their desires and their motivations. So, you know, what does the other person want? What motivates them? The, some of the easy ways to figure this out is like, some of it's just like, just to ask them, you know, like what, you know, what, what, it, you know, bring it up over coffee or something like that. But it's like, you know, what, what's missing in your life? 
Like what, you know, these can be just kind of questions just to ask, but to kind of show just general interest, you know, what, what would you want to change? You know, if you could, what are your goals and your dreams? But if you can get that information, that's going to really tell you a lot about the other person. So those things, I, I try to do that all the time. It's, and it's not to like have information that I can now use against you, but it's like, you're getting to know the person and you're getting to know like what they care about. And in some ways that way you can jump in there and you can, you know, both work towards that thing. If it's something that it's a shared interest that you both, both care about. Um, so mirroring and labeling is one of those techniques too, that you can sort of use to help kind of draw some of the stuff out. But Ava, it's like you're talking about, it's really, it's showing active listening. It's showing that you're paying attention and listening to what the person says. So there's a, a guy, Chris Voss, who does like an art of negotiation class. He's got a thing on uh, masterclass. If anybody listens to that, um, it was really good. He's like FBI negotiation, you know, dude or whatever. And I've heard this said in different, different places, but he had a really good description of, of the mirroring and the labeling. Um, so mirroring, the way he presented it was really funny, okay? Because he, he's like, you're just going to literally repeat what the person says, like in a very dumb kind of way back to them, okay? And his point was like, look at how dumb this is, and it still works, and it still works very well. The labeling is like what we talked about last week, which is like when you hear, it's showing active listening. When you hear a person describe something, you're checking in with you and, and saying like, hey, it sounds like you said this, and you're double checking makes them sure they say yeah like that's right or no like that you don't have it right you know and you go through it a little bit more so um ava if you're cool with this i would like i just think you'd be the, more, the most fun to experiment with this on <laughs> okay so what i'm going to do is ask you a question or two and i'm literally going to repeat it back to you which is the mirroring part and when I, when you say something and I can sort of identify something about you and put a label on it, I'm going to try to do that. So all I'm going to do are the two things, which is the mirroring, mirroring you or the labeling you. So the mirroring, literally just going to try to repeat things back. And what I'm trying to do is get the conversation, just keeping the conversation going. Okay. And I'm curious at the end, well, I'll, t I'll ask you at the end. Okay. okay. So let me start by Ava. Um, so what'd you do last night? Uh, what did I do last night? I hung out with my niece last night. We read books and played games and I tried to talk her into eating her food, which she did not do. <laughs> no, she's kind of a picky eater. She's a picky eater. Yes, very much so. Is she always been a picky eater? Mm, yeah, she was very enthusiastic the first few months where she started where we initially started giving her like solid foods. But ever since we've introduced like bananas and avocado and, and tomato, those are like the only things that she'll eat. Everything else, she's like, no, I'm not interested. So she sound, it sounds like she's got her opinions. Yes, yes. That she likes. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like you really like your niece. I love my niece, I adore her. <laughs> so you adore her? I do. Yeah. I love getting to spend time with her. It sounds like you're a very caring person and yeah, it sounds like she means a lot to you. I like to think that I'm a caring person, but yes, she definitely <laughs> means a lot to me. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. That may not have gone as smoothly as I would have perfectly liked to, but I was really trying to like stick to my script. Um, I think if it was like us in person, I would have probably broken off a little bit more. Okay. But did it feel really weird or was it did it, how did, how did it feel? 
Um, I mean, it didn't it didn't feel weird that you were asking those questions. Those felt like totally normal questions. And I think the the I I use the term reflecting a lot, but you you're using the term like mirroring. Like that felt relatively normal. Um, I do mm-hmm. think you're you're right. Like the the place where it was awkward is like it, like conversation like that typically like branches off into like that's kind of initiating another conversation to get into. But we didn't want to, we didn't want to go down like other rabbit holes. You just kind of want to go through. No, I did. Actually, I did. Oh, okay. I did want, I I really did want to go down the rabbit hole. To say back to that is what I'm hearing. Yeah. No, I think the point is like by by asking those things, you you know, like the mirroring part is like showing that I'm hearing what you're saying. But if you can do it in like a sort of a question kind of way or whatever like that, it's trying to encourage you to say more. Okay. So it's a way of, and by you just talking, you're going to talk about stuff you care about and what's interesting to you, you know? So it's like, I might not necessarily know what to say, but it's like, we can do this and you're able to kind of go through and you're able to share with me things that you care about. And it's a way of kind of getting, I'm going to say more information so that I know and I understand you better and like what you're about and what you're passionate about and those kind of things. So yes, obviously I can tell more like, yes, you really care about your niece. Okay. And I didn't pick up on that as fast as I probably should have, you know, and I was again, just trying to kind of repeat the things back, but that's the idea I guess behind it is that with the mirroring, the labeling, you're trying to say, you're trying just to keep the person to gather more information and to show that you're actively listening and you're hearing what they're saying and you're acknowledging that. And the labeling is the same thing. You're acknowledging that this is what I heard you say. Is that right? Yes, it is. Okay. And so, uh, I think it's almost like an elevated form of small talk and I don't mean small talk in a negative way. It's just, you're, you don't know what you're going to talk about at the time. So whatever she discusses, you kind of go with, but then you elevate it to a level to show that you're listening and caring and, and, um, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say too, like, just put it in your heart that you actually care and you actually are going to listen. Because I think if you try to be fake or something like that, it's going to show, Yeah, you know, it's going to come through, like how you feel is going to be expressed to the other person so it is like yeah just literally be interested in them and if you're not interested in them then what does that tell you you know maybe then just you know not bad but it's like maybe you're just not really into them you know or see i think this reveals more about me but at the end of that steven i'm glad you and i didn't do that exercise because my question (laughs) my question would have been like why why are you asking I, mean, I, I swear to God, I would have said it. And I would have said, because I'm trying to influence your pants off. Uh, I would have been like, well, we don't have to talk about it. You'd be like, I'm backing up. I'm backing up. <laughs> but anyway, I'd be like, why are you asking? I'm not. You're right. But anyway. So uh, a couple other things I want to like uh, provide related to that. You know, you're having a conversation. You're trying to connect with the other person. Okay. So like for with building rapport, just keep these in the back of your mind matching body language um that is sort of showing the same thing that you're vibing that you're at the you know you're with the other person if one person is really tense and the other person's not you know it's like not let's say the other person's tense i'm not saying you should necessarily be really tense but if you kind of match their style then that's often comforting and can kind of put people at ease same thing with like energy levels you know wherever the other person is if 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 your energy levels are out of whack, one person's really low and down, the other person's really high, it feels fucking weird, you know? So you want to sort of, you know, whoever's hired, come down, meet the other person on their level, you know, and, and, and you know, that, that'll, that'll match and that's going to feel a lot more comfortable. Uh, and then, you know, also like with building rapport, like just be consistent, 
don't change halfway through the thing and suddenly go in some weird direction or different interaction or just change things. I, you know, again, I think if you're not being like legit and honest and you know, authentic, then I think it's going to kind of show up. So, um, also just building respect, you know, trust and respect, uh, people must respect you in order to like you. Like, you know, you think about the people we don't respect, like we really don't like them. Okay. So we do have to have some respectful. So I'd say like, just be grateful. This is a big one for me. Never criticize. And I struggled with this bad. Okay. When I was younger, I accidentally was really fucking critical a lot to the point where I didn't even realize it, you know? And it was after, I think it was, I was read that Dale Carnegie win friends and influence people. And he had a chapter in there about like, don't criticize. It's not going to do anybody any good. You're not going to like, suddenly the person's gonna be like, wow, you're right, man. I should just go do something like just not doesn't work. They're going to put up a wall, you know? And then you're, you're not, then you got a wall between you and then you're not able to communicate with the other person. It just never goes well. So there's other, I'm going to say better, if you have a point you want to sort of share, I would say you're better to kind of come that indirect way. And I can't really define that exactly, but just don't be blunt and, and start criticizing. It doesn't work. So be grateful. Don't criticize. Um, don't talk about your problems. You know, so often that's what we do because we're kind of, I'm going to say sort of self-centered. And so we're just like, well, let me tell you all my problems that are going to, and it, usually the person that can be like dumping on the other person. Right. So you're better to like, if it's somebody new and you don't really know them well, don't, don't go share all your problems with them. Like, you know, keep that, just be aware. You don't want to dump. Um, people like to talk about themselves and their problems. So if the other person starts talking about their problems, then, you know, maybe listen, if it gets too bad and you need to protect yourself and back away, like, yeah, do so. But, you know, just know that it's human nature that we all like to talk about our problems. And so if they start to do that, that's pretty normal. Listening to people conveys wisdom and understanding general rule, you know, but listening is, I think is really always good. We, we, other podcasters, not me, uh, do not listen, right? You know, there's talk, 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 but yeah, listening is one of those skills like everybody can benefit from. And we generally talk more than we listen to, um, and then help people feel good about themselves. That's one that is, I'm going to say, I'm pretty passionate about that, you know, cause I just feel like we can be so mean to ourselves and beat ourselves up so much. And so very often we don't see the really good kind of positive traits or qualities of us. And it's easy to like see that in somebody else and just point it out, you know, and help, help the other person feel good about themselves. But doing those things all kind of help build respect, you know, and show that you're a caring, listening person. You're out there to kind of help the other person um, that it helps build that rapport. Anybody want to add anything? I have a thought I want to share. Yes. <laughs> um, I think, so I'm, I'm a, a very strong believer in authenticity, and I think that there is a time and place for everything. And I wonder if we can kind of call out, like, when is the right time to be able to do some of these things, such as, like, talking about your problems or, not, I guess, not necessarily criticizing, but, like, constructive, constructive criticism. Like, there are, there are times and places where those things are okay or appropriate. Maybe yes. those things aren't super encouraged on, like, a first date, or like an right. interview for a job, right? Um, but right. Like my my partner of three years, like I'm gonna come home and, and talk about my problems at the end of the day, like that's super normal, right? So when thinking through influence and like those types of influencing conversations or getting to know someone new, 
like it, it sounds to me like these are things to avoid super, super early on, but at some point it's totally appropriate to be able to be upfront with those types of thoughts, whether it's constructive criticism or just like you had a crappy day or whatever the case may be. Yes. I, I, I would put that in it's intimate. Okay. So when you're going to come in and you're going to, you know, talk to your partner and be like, man, I had a shitty day. Okay. In some ways, what are you doing? You are kind of dumping a little bit, right? But it is actually you being intimate, you know, with, so you, so the thing is to be tactful about when to do this. So like you say, if it's a first date, maybe not the best thing to do because the person doesn't know you, you know, it can feel like dumping, but when you come in and the person knows you and cares about you, whatever, and then you're coming in you're being like, you know, this did not go well. You're then you're being vulnerable. You know, and you're put, you're, you are, I don't want to say you're dumping, but you're sharing this bad experience and you're sharing that you're not feeling great. And, you know, you're not the strong, awesome person that just gives out energy. You know, you're, it's this, it's a vulnerable moment, right? So therefore I think it has that power to be kind of intimate. Um, so, so yeah, anything in some respects, the trick is to know the timing because the same thing that could be dumping in one case could be intimate at the other. And the difference I really think comes down to the timing. Yeah. I mean, one thing I've done in the past, because you are in that, when you're in that newer phase of learning about each other and you just go like, how's your day? It was great. How's your day? It was great. Um, I will kind of get more specific eventually. And I'll be like, so tell me one good thing about your day that happened and tell me one bad thing or something that you wish would have went a little bit better. Um, and so just offering those questions will kind of show that you're open to receiving the information because you're only ask, asking the questions. And then that might open it up for more in-depth conversation. So uh, Kimberly and I um, bought some furniture this weekend. <laughs> Exciting. And uh, so we had decided like, okay, we're going to go out there. You know, Kimberly was like, she had this price in her head. Like, this is, this is kind of where I want to spend and all that kind of stuff, you know? And so we looked at some furniture and we found some stuff that we liked, but it was more expensive or whatever. And then we finally found this one table and chairs. And of course it's triangular and very artsy looking. We're like, oh my God, like that is awesome looking. Right. And so we both like fell in love with it instantly. Um, totally emotional. <laughs> type oh. thing for, but but i do actually think that stuff matters you know like it's if you go through the logic sometimes like this is going to be a table and chair set that we're i think going to love for a long time okay so we see this thing and it's priced at the right price point for us okay and then as, as kimberly's talking she's like it's triangular it's got three chairs kimberly's like well i really need four chairs like if we're going to have you know, somebody else come over or whatever and so the guy adds the thing up and so when in the end we bought it and it was priced at the high price of like all the other things we ended up doing. So we didn't like really save any money, right? We just emotionally changed our point of view with all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, that reminds me of this next kind of trick. It's not, ah, see, I shouldn't even say trick, but it's, it's, a, it's a mental trick, right? Which is contrast. So very often you could have, like say you're buying a car, right? So they're gonna like sell you the car and it's a certain price, right? And you get that in your head. And then by contrast, all the little add-ons are cheap. It's like. It's only $200 here and $300 for that. And you throw all these things in, right? And the price comes up. And so in some ways, that's what I feel like, Kimberly, with, you know, with us buying the furniture or whatever. It's like, I know when we went, when we came to check it, we're like, how did it get to be this high? You know? And it's like, well, you know, and, and in the end we were like, that's just what it needs to be. We love this thing. You know, we're going to go buy it. Um, but the contrast, I think is really interesting, you know, human nature type thing. Another example that I love is like restaurants. 
Okay, so I have seen this on menus. They got that super crazy expensive thing. It's like, oh, it's made with chicken and shrimp and all this stuff here. And it's, you know, and it's $150 for two people to eat this thing. And you're like, you know, and then you have next to it, you have like the single meal for a single person. It's only $35, you know, and there's that law of contrast. And I've heard that the menu, like nobody buys the $150 thing, you know, but, but they put it on the menu and you'll see like, that's the super one. Right. And so like, yeah, that's cool. But I, you know, but I feel a lot better buying the $35 one. Right. And so you're like, well, I was going to buy the $25 chicken nugget meal, you know, but instead I feel much better now spending $35 and getting this really fancy thing that I've got. So there's this law of contrast, you know, and again, human nature, that's just how our minds tend, tend to work. Um, Kimberly, for example, dated this dude that we have called 30 day guy, right? The reason I'm married to her is thanks to 30 day guy because he <laughs> did everything that was right, right? And so the law of contrast, I come along later, she was gonna marry me or I mean, that's not i mean we weren't even gonna get married we were just kind of like hanging out doing things you know whatever but it was like a law of contrast like i think kimberly you would say this you very often will have like one guy that maybe doesn't treat you well this is i'm gonna say this is kimberly style she likes guys and i'm saying this because kimberly has told me this first i like guys that are assholes right and then after that i break up and then i have the next person and like i whatever i'm in charge and do whatever i want and then i break up and then the next person treats me like asshole on this this back and forth so i what do you, what do you want to say there kimberly nothing that's true nothing okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious okay so anyway i just thought i'd throw that out there too this is a funny example not that it's serious but like yeah, the law of contrast, you know, that how we comparing two different things that influences how we feel about it. And then there is, do you all remember the neg? I think have we talked about, I know I've talked about this in the classes and stuff, the neg. This was like a seduction technique from 20 years ago or something like that. And I think people like flipped out over it. And I agree, like it's not necessarily a good thing to do. It's, it is manipulation. Okay. So the neg is like, uh, I come up to you, Brandy, and at first I give you an insult. Like, what? Try, well, I'm being serious. I come up to, I look at Brandy, and I'm like, whoa, like, uh, I guess you got your hair cut pretty short. Okay, you do an insult, right? So that doesn't make Brandy feel very good, right? And then, in contrast, I'm going to accept the person, right? So, Brand, so where this starts to feel good is when, when I start to accept Brandy. When she'll probably try to prove herself back to me a little bit, like, "No, I'm a good person." But my hair's cute. Oh no, I wouldn't. But okay. <laughs> human, like human nature human nature is like we really we kind of want that you know we want to be accepted so when somebody doesn't accept us there's that part of us that's like like why do they not accept me right so then we kind of do want to be accepted so the neg thing was like you come in you insult the person first right and then you let them earn it back you know and then they feel good about it that they were able to earn, to like win your favor and stuff okay everybody feels good the, the thing about it, though, that's that is the law of contrast. You're contrasting this insult and then you're contrasting the way like, oh, no, I do accept you. You're actually OK. I'll bring you in. OK, so that's using really that same sort of technique. But I'm going to I put that out there like that really is that manipulation shit, you know, and that's that's not that's not OK to do. It's not consensual. And also you've you've insulted, you've hurt somebody. You know, and that's not cool to do. So I just want to throw that out there as an example. Don't. And it don't also do feels kind of like a mind fuck too. What well, is? It's just like it is. not okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's not it's not nice. And it's not cool. And it's not a good way to treat people. Yeah. But 
All right, and then uh, the last one I want to throw out there is reciprocity. Now, this one I save for last because I feel like it's really important. And it, it says, again, a lot about human nature, okay? Um, you go in, let's, we've been talking a lot about cars, right? So you walk into the car dealership and they give you a free Coke. And because they gave you a free Coke, you feel like, oh, this person is really nice. I should buy something from them, maybe a car. It's equal. Yeah. <laughs> totally not equal. Okay. But we have this innate thing in us that, you know, one person does this for us. Therefore, we really want to give back to that other person, you know, and, and that I really think is a nice thing about us. So that can be one of those things like, don't let yourself get, don't buy the car. Next time somebody gives you a Coke, do not buy the car. You know, you can be aware, protect yourself against this stuff, but also realize like, I'm going to say humans are very nice. You know, if you go out and do something for somebody else with not expecting anything in return, you can kind of bet that there's something's going to happen. And it's not, it's not fucking karma. You can say it is or whatever, but it's really, is like, it's human nature. Like people want to help you, you know? So if you've, especially if you've done something nice for somebody, you know, I want to encourage you to go do something nice for somebody else for no reason at all. Whenever you do that, it's like, it ends up some, some good stuff usually comes back, you know, can't guarantee it, but that often happens. And it really, I think is this, this, you know, I don't know what you wouldn't call it, but this law of like reciprocity, that's how we tend to, to think and feel. So I, I put that out there. Just, I want to encourage people, you know, be generous, trust other people. If you do something nice for them, you know, and not are not trying to manipulate, if you're trying to do this something so that you can get something in return, that's not probably, it's probably not going to work. You know, that's more in that manipulation category. But if you just do something just to really help somebody like that, then it, it usually comes back to your benefit it somehow. Some people are just happy to help out. So I really like that. I think that's a cool kind of feature about, about people. So, well, I wanted to, th all those things kind of said, I wanted to kind of get your feelings now on um, like how these things, these techniques and stuff like that, how do you all see it as being able to benefit with say picking up somebody or dating or relationships, what, what do y'all feel about like influence persuasion and then specifically those techniques? You know, Stephen, I have always been someone that struggles with the concept of small talk or of like, how do I, how do I find a topic to converse with someone and make connect, a connection with them and, and, and generate something, right? Like I've been on these online dating apps for, I don't know, a couple of months ago is when I hopped back on them. And I've been talking to various people trying to figure out like, how do I, how do I pull a conversation out of my ass? That's going to be fun and entertaining and like make people want to talk with me that, that are, are good matches for, for myself mm -hmm. and the person. Right. And I think of all the, the strategies that you've kind of presented to us tonight, uh, the mirroring and labeling one is the one that really sticks with me. I, I know that our, our little conversation test didn't didn't really go as, as well as you had hoped. Um, but for me, it's it's about like, you know, do I pick a random topic of something that I'm interested in and, and try to find one that that matches them? Should I just go down the list of like shows that I like or books that I read? Like, you know, do I start there or do I do I start with them and just keep asking them questions and prodding and learning more about their life and that kind of mentality of like, I really want to learn more about you and understand you. And I want to mm -hmm. listen to you like that gives me something to focus on without having like an actual 
list of like, let's talk about this topic and then let's talk about that topic. Like it can be organic if you just stay mm-hmm. focused on learning about the other person and just asking them what are they what are they passionate about or what's what's on their mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that completely. That's great. Because I also Ava struggle with small talk. So it is getting um you're you're showing it you're learning you want to learn about this person if you're actually having that conversation it's like why are you having the conversation probably because you're interested and you don't want to learn about them kimberly had a doctor one time i know who she stopped in the middle and she was like well you know like put a pencil down whatever and she started asking some questions she's like you know like my mentor told me that if if you talk to the patient long enough they will tell you absolutely what is going on with them and so she was just, you could literally see her doing the act of listening. Like she put all her stuff down and like, just listen. And I thought like, wow, like that made an impression on me to, to be honest. But then she's turned out to be a really kind of cool doctor. I think that's made some, some good decisions with things too. And I think the difference there is that she listens. So yeah, I think if you want to know about the person, it is like, instead of you talking so much, it is a lot more of like, what can you listen and what can you learn? Cause as you listen to the person, you're going to get some, you're going to find some things that are the similar interests, you know, and then that's the time to speak up or something like that. So what, what else did you all find and, and how do you feel about the influence influence and persuade? I mean, would you all use it? I think so. Oh, go ahead. Ava. No, it's fine. You can go for it. I talk too much already. <laughs> no, I like what you say. I agree with most of it. I was just going to say that um, I will definitely try to use the active listening approach like you, like the example uh, you, Stephen and Ava did. But I think what I struggle with the most is I find myself so actively listening that by the end of it, I've learned a lot about them. But they haven't learned much about me because I'm mm-hmm. so involved in wanting to learn about them. Um, that it's almost like I, I don't allow the space for them to learn about me. And I'm not doing that intentionally. I don't think I probably, maybe I am, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's something that you pointed out that I need to work on in terms of trying to mirror it to them, but then balance that out with maybe then throwing a little bit of facts about me out there while I'm still learning about them. Yeah, I would, for me, I think when I, you know, if I'm talking to you, Brandy, and you say something and I associate with it, I'm like, yeah, me too. Like, I think I'd want to share that with you because that is showing like a little connection, you know, like, yeah, I agree with you. And yes, I share that interest too. So I, yeah. I think that having some of that background. And if the other person asks nothing about you, you've talked about this in the past, the, the person playing pool and like they were sort of this all into playing pool and beating you at pool and they did not care anything really about like finding about you as a person. Correct. You know, that, t- that tells you. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Listen to Kimberly. They cared about showing me how the what I did wrong when I missed the ball in the pocket. I'm wow, learning. You really like so I cared a lot about that and that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you all have ideas about how like these, these uh, tips and techniques and things like that might benefit being in a relationship with somebody? So I'm a thinking longer, like a not just like, Oh, I've been, I just met this person, but yeah, I've been dating for a month or something like that or a couple of year, year. How Ava? 
I feel like a lot of these can be used for conflict resolution mm -hmm. yeah. and also just like intentionally connecting with your partner. I feel like a lot of folks in, that have been in like longer term relationships, they get kind of complacent and not very intentional with connecting with them. And then next thing you know, like the magic and the chemistry between them just isn't there anymore. Right. But making that intention to connect with your partner and meet them where they are like and, and doing that every day, like a lot of these these tips and strategies that you've shared can can help us just to reconnect or to stay connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, and that's why I think like tonight, like influence and persuasion. I think that's what I really like about it. You know, I see it as something kind, and it's I'm going to say me learning skills so that I can, you know, I'm going to say be gentler with somebody. You know, not come in and like make them feel uncomfortable, but like be able to like put them at ease make a genuine connection, those kind of things. So I, 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 I love this kind of topic. Uh, and I do want to encourage people like marketing, like strategies and things like that. Like there's reasons why they work and they work because like we're human beings. And it's so they're very often, it's like, it's not like, how do I take advantage of somebody? But it's very often, it's more of like, this is a human nature thing. You know, and if you learn it, learn about it, then you can often apply that kind of stuff in your own life. Um, I think most people think like, ah, what would I do with marketing? That's not going to help me. But it's, I really think it's like, no, it's like we use that stuff in everyday life all the time. So let me summarize a couple of the things um, that we went over and some of the sort of takeaways. I think that this is where I want to try to help people like really remember, you know, of, of what to do. How can they use it in, in real life? Don't argue. You know, instead, it's really a better approach to try to like learn how you can work together so that and and find a shared interest so that you, you know, you and the other person, whether it's a work project or whatever, or, you know, or spouse or partner, like how can you guys work together as a team on this versus, you know, you need to learn how to do it my way. Like that's not going to be good. So that whole yes ladder thing is, you know, helping about finding some of that, that common ground and recognizing that you're both, you know. You, you have things that you share and that you want to work together. Learning how to listen. We've talked about that a lot. The labels. Um, using labels in a positive way. That was something else I want to talk about. Like, I feel like I do this some with my kids, you know, and it's not in a bad manipulative way, but it's a lot of it is like listening or noticing. I used to tell them when they would be going to bed, I would try to think of like, what is something awesome that they did today that, I, that really impressed me or I thought was really cool? And I would just tell them, that when they would go to bed, right? And so I'm sort of, I'm in essence, I'm label. I am showing them that I'm listening or I'm paying attention, watching them, and then I'm labeling them. I was like, that is really cool, you know. Or it's really unfair that you get straight A's in school and I did not do that, you know. <laughs> those, those labels also, and we didn't talk about this earlier. There's like a certain expectation sometimes put to those things. So if you give a person like a positive label and something to sort of like live up to, then very often they like that positive label. So they want to live up to those expectations. So I would say, don't do it in a bad, bad way. Don't do it in a way that puts like too much pressure on somebody, but do realize that, you know, you have that ability to influence somebody in a positive way. So paint them in a really positive, good light. And very often they'll, they'll want to live up to those expectations if it feels good. And uh, giving to other people. I, I think giving is one of those, like the meaning of life in some respects, you know, that like you know, we are a social species. We care a lot about other people. Um, giving and helping them is what helps us feel like important and feel good about ourselves. If somebody wants to do you a favor, let them do you a favor. 
because they will end up feeling good the whole rest of the day. Like, I feel really good that I did Steve a favor, you know? And then the same thing, it's like, you'll notice in yourself, like, I love doing people favors. You're like, I feel good about myself doing that. And it makes me feel good that I helped somebody else out. So just giving, anytime you have that opportunity to give some way, um, you know, do it. It's, it's a really kind thing to do, but also that reciprocity, it tends to come back, you know, maybe not in the way you expect it or whatever, but it, it just general role. I think it feels like it, it comes back. So any final thoughts? Just that this was a really fun topic. Thank you. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, you can check us out at ethicalseduction.com. Uh, I'm working on the website. I've modified it again today. I do that all the time. I learn a new trick about the buttons. So if you come and go to our website and you can't find us on Spotify or whatever, you can just click on the Spotify button, and boom, it'll take you right to there. And same thing with Apple Podcasts and some of the others. Um, and if you do like today's show, uh, subscribe. And that way you get future episodes and we'll just pop right into your podcast player. And I don't know, that's, that's how I do all my podcasts. It's just the easiest way to do it. Uh, we come out with a new one every single Friday. Um, so yeah, if you subscribe, we'll be in there next week. We're going to cover kind of a sensitive topic. I'm going to say I'm opening up in the bedroom and asking for what you want. And then sometimes being rejected oh. you know, and the, shame and rejection right so so often we talk about like well just go on in there just ask for what you want you know and then and that's that is good advice it does not always go well you know and i feel like brandy i feel like you and i have examples we're going to talk about this you know that of times when it has not gone well so it's like i do want to to get in and be like what happens when you set open up and you do your thing and then you get shamed or you get rejected and uh you know should you take the risks should you do it or not what are how do you deal with those how do you deal with the fallout if it goes bad and just negotiating that whole situation so that's also it's not just in the bedroom you know, that's going to be a topic of like how, when you do something and it goes bad, how do you deal with it? And so what are, you know, coping, some coping mechanisms and coping skills. And Kimberly and I were talking about this earlier today and she had some really good ideas and I thought I'm, I'm putting that down. So, so that is next week. And if you have questions, topics, things you want us to cover, please, please, please email us. You can go to ethicalseduction.com and under the contact section, you can email me, Stephen at ethicalseduction.com. I would love to hear from people. I have heard from zero people. Nobody has ever written me and it is lonely. And I would love to have like questions that people want answered or something that we can address like on the podcast or like I say, topics, any kind of feedback, unless it says like you suck. And if you'd have that, then just Keep that to yourself. <laughs> and then uh, ratings. If anybody wants to give us like a rating on like Apple Podcasts in particular, you know, the ratings matter on things. The reviews matter. That again also helps us. And we are just starting out. So we really do need like all the help we can get because uh, it, we're, it's it's hard when you're starting out and you're a small podcast. Um, you know, all those little things like that make a big difference. So, you know, we really do want to kind of help people help the community help our friends that are out there and uh you know we could we would appreciate your help as well so so thank you again and we will do this again next week so thank you good night bye bye bye, bye.